Episode 115, Mr. Klopp, two middle-aged men in Cleveland. You're supporting the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I'm wearing a national shirt. What a surprise. There you go. national shirt on in my life. So. Who would have thought that? Well, let's see, 15. Let's play our favorite game. Oh. Off the top. Let's start Tom, with the Cleveland Browns. Tom Tupa. Wasn't he 15? No. Okay. No, Good guess, though. Uh, Mike Tyler's. Nope. Uh, uh, I don't know. How about Ricardo Lewis? Okay, yeah. What, what Josh receiver? Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs, yeah. Greg Little. Assume we forget about him. Steve Cox. That's a name from the past. The old punter. Punter, yes. Yep. And Dave Zastadil. Zastudel. And the most famous would be Mike Phipps. Oh, the old Mike Phipps. Who obviously came through the trade of Paul Warfield. Didn't pan out the way that people thought he would. Here's no. one interesting tidbit about Mike Phipps. And I didn't know this. He was traded in 77 to the Bears for a couple draft picks, and one of which being a first-round pick. And the Browns used that pick to get the Hall of Famer, Ozzie Newsome. Oh, my. How about that? How about that? So Mike that's, Phipps turned into Ozzie Newsome. So that's have some of that. How about some Guardians Indians numbers? Guard, uh, 15, 15. You got the one that I would think you would get. Uh, Sandy Alomar. Absolutely. He is number one, along with Andy Marte, <laughs> Earl Averill. I know one of your favorite players, Tim Laker. You're a huge Tim Laker fan. I love Tim Laker. And Ron Washington, who did some managing as well. How about the Cavaliers? Do you know any 15s for the Cavaliers? This one's going to be a little bit tougher. No, I have no idea. Isaiah Mobley, one of your favorite all-time first-round picks, Anthony Bennett. Probably one of the most famous names you could hear, Jamario Moon. That's a great PA name, and I know a name that Certainly Joe Tate enjoyed. And then Butch Lee. Remember Butch Lee? <laughs> Butch Lee. Yep. So those are our famous 15 numbers. Ted, no guests on our show this week. I guess people just don't want to talk to us. Which Wait I a minute. Dusty understand. Sloan is here. Oh, that's right. Mr. Rusty Dusty. The man, the myth, the legend, talking to us about some long Indians games, which, by the way, I don't know what if you've had the opportunity to go to any baseball games recently or watch any baseball games. So they have added a new thing to baseball with this pitch clock or whatever you want to call this. And at first I'm like, I don't know, kind of a traditionalist, you know, let them just play the way they're playing. Sure. Let me tell you right now, the game moves along. There is no grabbing every body part before hitting and all that stuff, the micro hargro stuff, all that. These guys move. I went to the game on Sunday. That was the uh, walk-off hit by Ramirez over St. Louis. We were done. The game started at 140. We were done at 345. Wow. Two hours of action. It was great. Absolutely great. Classic stuff. That's my only, I have one other rant that I was going to bring up to you. Oh, please. Being that we're dads, 
school year is coming to a close. Oh. I know. I know. <laughs> that means we have other things that we have to do, which means obviously at times entertaining our children or making sure that they're in an area or whatever. Here's the one thing I've noticed with many different schools, and this has nothing to do with any of the school system that your kids are in or the school system my kids are in or private school. Catholic has absolutely nothing to do with any of it. I was once an educator. I worked in schools. I have a lot of family and friends in schools. I am not questioning anything with the education process. That is not my rant. My rant is this. Yes. When they have events for the kids, which is maybe, I don't know, an assembly or some sort of graduation ceremony or some other thing. Why do they have to have it like around 1230 or one <laughs> or anything for those of us that aren't in education, business or something else? That's not easy to get to. Nope. You're in. I, I've noticed this for the past couple of years and, and my son being in high school now, a lot of his stuff is, is certainly in the evening. We have an award assembly for him later this week and all that. And that's in the evening. I get it. But my daughter just had an event at school. I couldn't be there because I was on a little vacation. But the thing was at 1230. I was just, who's who's getting there for that? I mean, I, I don't I don't know how you're supposed to get there. Or here's the other famous. And I know you've dealt with this, too. We're going to have early release today. Oh, oh OK. And then we get get released at like 1130. What's the point? I don't I, I know at times it has to, to do get with, up early today. Yeah. If you're only going to keep them for three hours. And I get it. I know there's staff meetings. I know there's a certain amount of time that the teachers have to go through stuff. I get that. But can't they combine it and just have the day off? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, just give the kids a day off. Can we just have a full day of school and. Sure. All that, but there are times we have the early release, and I'm just it, it is tough to juggle the schedule. I'll leave it at that. It's tough to juggle. We're not a fan of the early release. No, no. If it, pitch a complete game, that's where I'm at. If you're gonna go, pitch a complete game. Do the Bob Feller. You're gonna go nine innings. Why not? You know what? Go 18. Forget my, it. Uh, my kids come home and they say, "Hey, Daddy, we have a." We get out early tomorrow. I said, no, you didn't. They said, what do you mean? I said, well, the, the rest of the kids get out early, but I talked to your teacher and they're going to let you stay late tomorrow. Like <laughs> not just till two 45, they're going to keep you until about five 30. Going to put in that overtime. So yeah. Oh, I tell, man. I tell them it'd be later, but the teachers have to go home at some point too. So, you know, yeah. What are you yeah. going to do? My gosh, that's, but no, uh, it's, that is a small rant. Once again, that's just a, a, a parent complaining. Once again, nothing against education, fully supported. I think the teachers do a great job. That is a tough job that they have to work with. I mean, obviously, I know how my kids are and your kids are and all that kind of stuff. That I, I Hats off to them. I just at times don't understand why we have to have some stuff so early. Yet. That's it. I, right. I, I stand firmly behind you. Thank you. On that that's, rant. You're the only one. Yes. Well, maybe. Who knows? I know that uh, we have more stuff on this show. We have a misspeak of the week, and I hope you're sitting down. It has nothing to do with President Biden. How oh, yeah. Wow. How is it good news when you run out of gas? Well, we're going to tell you. 
As we mentioned, Dusty Sloan is here to talk about a long Indians game and a member of a cleaning crew at a hospital did more than just clean. We're going to explain in Klopp's Clips. And now, a woman's perspective. What do you call a married man vacuuming? Doing what he's told. This has been a woman's perspective. Ted, we have overachievers, and we don't have just one. We have two. That is complete overachievement. Well, a university professor has broken the record for the longest time living underwater without depressurization. Okay. Joseph DeTuri is living in an undersea lodge in 30 feet of water in Key Largo. He's been there since March 1st and recently broke the previous record of 73 days. He plans to stay for 100 days. He's doing research while down there to see how his body responds to long-term exposure to extreme pressure. Well, I I can tell you that, uh, I, and I think you're in this category too, we could give a full report on how our bodies respond to extreme pressure, and we don't need to live <laughs> underwater for 30 days to do it, or no. 100 days, or whatever it is. No, we can get that experience in the, the Cleveland Heights area, in the Cleveland, or in Rocky River. Yeah, yes. we don't need to go underwater. But good for him. That's, well, I wonder if he's on his own. It sounds like he's on his own, right? He doesn't have anybody yeah. else there. He didn't bring his pet. Well, who else would want to go down there for a hundred days? I don't know. Yeah. Not sure. I mean, anybody in witness protection, maybe I, uh, you know, that's some good peace and quiet, but I'm not no. sure what else. Did he get cable underwater? I don't know. Or, or Great cell? question. I mean, can you use, you probably, can you use your phone? I don't know. Well, he's only, what does it say? 30 feet, 30 feet. So he may be able to still get some cell phone reception. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Well, what overachiever do you have? As, as long as they don't hear any bubbling when he's on the phone, he should be okay. Um, well, I have the world's largest T-shirt. It's been Whoa. certified by Guinness. It measures 357 and a half feet long and 241 feet wide. It was made for more than a half million recycled plastic bottles. It took a month to sew, and it also took 120 people a, a full day to unfurl. This this happened in Romania, where organizers are using it to remind people to recycle. And now it'll be used to make about 12,000 regular-sized T-shirts for children in need. Oh, that's nice. Uh, that's uh, They're taking something that's a promotion and doing something great with it. I think that's wonderful. I was going to say, what are you going to do with this large t-shirt? That's, that's great though. You're that's, going to put it on stuff. the world's largest clothes hanger. That's what oh you're going to do. I think Snuffleupagus is going to wear it. I like that. Or yeah. a T-Rex. Yeah. There you go. Overachievers. Cleveland! This is for you! 
Time for uh, Cleveland sports history and a very unique situation in this one that we're going to talk to our sports expert, Dusty Sloan, about. May 28th, 1973, the Chicago White Sox beat the Indians 6-3 to in 21 innings. First of all, the game was really long. It was so long, it was spanned over three days. Uh, they played on two of those days. It started on May 26th and ended on May 28th. Uh, Dusty, can you can you explain what's going on here with this? Well, it's definitely a unique game. And whenever games go this long, I love to look at the box score to see how many pitchers pitched that day and if any relief or any position players pitched that day. Now, that didn't happen back in 1973, 50 years ago. But, yes, they started on May 26th, finished on May 28th. They played the first 16 innings on May 26th and then finished the last five on May 28th. The entire game lasted over six hours. If you do look at the pitching lines here, Gaylord Perry threw the first 13 innings for the Indians. That would never happen again. <laughs> Milt Wilcox, unfortunately, took the loss after throwing four and a third innings of relief. The starting pitcher for the White Sox, Stan Bonson, also pitched 13 innings. And the great Wilbur Wood finished and got the win for the White Sox throwing the last five innings. So it, there was a lot going on. The, the White Sox scored in, with uh, two outs in the bottom of the 21st, scored four runs to get the victory that day. Wow. Can you imagine now if a guy as a starting pitcher – through 13 innings, you wouldn't see that guy for two months, right? I mean, that's just the way the pitch counts are. (laughs) That's unbelievable. Dusty, talk about some of the other notable Indians. I know the team wasn't super stellar at that time. You mentioned about Gaylord Perry. Who are some of the other Indians on the the, uh, roster at that time for that game? There's a lot of familiar names on this list. I'm seeing Buddy Bell at third base. I'm seeing Chris Chambliss at first base. Dave Duncan, the catcher. The DH was Oscar Gamble, George Hendrick in center field, and my favorite Chris Berman nickname of all time in right field, John Let It Be Lowenstein. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> that is great. Uh, Dusty, uh, they have any uh, attendance information on this one? I'm going to guess that uh, – you got some some upset people when the game didn't finish and maybe not a lot of folks that came back? Well, it says the attendance was 19,486. And it also says that 50 years ago it was called White Sox Park, Park and not Comiskey Park. I didn't know that. Ah. But, uh, yeah, apparently less than 20,000 people saw it. But I can guarantee you by the time it was over, it wasn't that much. Yeah. My gosh. Interesting. Well, who were the notable White Sox on the team, if there were any at the time, Dusty? Well, there were a few. I see Dick Allen here. A lot of people would remember him. Played first oh, yeah. and second that day. And uh, George Orta played second. And they actually used, a lot of people know this name from broadcasting, but he was a pitcher back then. Steve Stone actually went in the game as a pinch runner. Oh, my. All right, Dusty. Some interesting uh, notes about a game that uh, I think – most most involved and anybody who attended would probably say two words too long not surprisingly at that point in time uh another one in the loss column for our our favorite baseball team dusty thanks for your time thanks guys cleveland this is for you
Misspeak of the week. Now we go to Major League Baseball. This past weekend, the Marlins were up five to four in the top of the tenth inning against the Angels. Okay, the bases are loaded. The batter hits a soft ground ball to the pitcher. So the pitcher throws to the catcher for the force out at home. The catcher then throws to the first baseman for the force out at first. So it appears to be an inning-ending inning ending double play, right? That is until the manager, the Marlins saw the replay and thought the Angels catcher didn't have his foot on home plate. So now, of course, in Major League Baseball, you can challenge a call. So the Marlins did that. They challenged the call. And this is the announcement of the challenge from umpire crew chief Jeff Nelson, who apparently, A, doesn't agree with the challenge, and B, doesn't know how to turn his mic off. Iron is challenging, had a, a really good challenging the out call at home plate. But the Marlins are going to challenge that. They got their heads up their ass. And it's obviously a crucial... <laughs> Well, well, at least he, I think he's honest about well, how he the feels about the challenge. Wow. Well, obviously the umpires usually think they get it right on the field, and they should. But it's not a good look to have the fans hear, hear the umpires <laughs> mock the challenging team. And it's even worse when the replay review reverses the call. Oh, geez. The call is overturned. The runner is safe. The run will score. The runners will be placed at second and third. It's overturned. Oh, my. Well, I guess the moral of the story is, A, they didn't have their heads up their uh, backside. And uh, turn your mic off before you make those kind of observations. The Marlins, by the way, went on to win the game 8-5. to This is... This is reminiscent of my favorite NFL referee of all time, the great Ben Dreith, who, I don't know if you remember this, Ken, I think it was a Browns game. He made a call, and before turning off his microphone, he turned around and said, where the hell's my flag? So, there you go. That's, oh gosh. (laughs) That is the misspeak of the week. Said we're out and about Northeast Ohio and locations elsewhere. Yes. You and I both had some trips this week that we're excited to talk about. You went for work. I went for a pleasure trip, and we both basically did a lot of driving. That's kind of where it's at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quickly had the opportunities. I mentioned at the top of the show, went to the Guardians game. Great time. I think this past weekend, they had over 90,000 people that attended the games. It's the most wow. people they've had in the facility for a three-game series since, I think, 2011, if I'm not mistaken. So hats off to them. Very nice day, which always helps, and, and they got a, a couple victories. So wow. we did that. And then the trip started for myself and Awen last week, <laughs> where we went to the following. Please sit. Um, thank God you're sitting down. <laughs> we went to the Bourbon Trail in Bardstown, Kentucky. We okay. went to Maker's Mark, Limestone, distillery and then we also went to Willet. we had a phenomenal time it was great i mean can you ever be upset when you're sitting there tasting bourbon i mean who's <laughs> going to ever complain about that right so, so we did now that does, went to, 
Does Eowyn uh, drink the bourbon as well? She does, actually. Yes. Yes, she does. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's not a lot of women who enjoy bourbon. No, it's starting to be a little bit more of a popular thing. Okay. Uh, it, as many people know, bourbon was not really big in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. It was more of martinis, and that's because of the whole thing with James Bond and all that stuff. But after that, the marketing and all that kind of stuff that they've done to get people back to drinking as they sell the darker liquors, um, it's now basically a lot of their stuff is being focused on women, and there's a lot of oh. women out there drinking bourbon. So Okay. We then travel to the fine town, which you know well from this past week as well, to Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> we took in Broadway Street, went to a cigar bar, took in some other places. It was nice. We had a really nice time. Nashville's a, a cool town. Uh, we went to the place called the Biltmore, which is a huge mansion uh, yes, on the property for the, uh, owned by the Vanderbilt, fam the Vanderbilt family. And it was awesome. I mean, if, if you could check that out, it is is unbelievable. It is not a like a one hour tour. You're there for the whole days to look at the grounds and the house. It, it's really, really cool. You know what did, uh, what movie? I'm sure there's more than one, but one movie in particular I know of that was shot there. You go ahead. Yeah, you met, uh, uh, Peter Sellers in the movie Being There was oh, all yeah. over Biltmore. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, that place, it's you can't really describe it. You have to see it with your own eyes. It's there's yep. a lot of history and it's it's really cool. They they do a very good job there. Uh we went to Mammoth Cave, which I think you Oh, love before. Mammoth Cave. That's a really cool, that's a really cool thing. We did the historic tour, which I think took us like an hour and a half or two hours. It wasn't anything crazy, but it was really, really neat. What a what a great place it is. And did you at one point in time during there? obviously you had to get through the trails and all that kind of stuff down below. And there's some parts that are pretty tight, but then they turn the lights off. I was just going to ask that. Oh my gosh. You can't, I, you, you could not see anything. It was, it was complete and total pitch black. It was really, right. really cool. Yeah. Loved it. We went to grandfather mountain in North Carolina. And the famous part about that. So you remember in the movie forest Gump, where he does, he just starts to run. And he runs all throughout the country. Well, there's a part in the movie where there's like these mountains and all this stuff. And he runs on this curve. Well, Grandfather Mountain in this area we were at is actually part of where the uh, film was shot, which was pretty cool. And I found out, by the way, that the person running in that shot was not actually Tom Hanks. Because huh. Tom Hanks was on vacation. <laughs> it was his brother. Oh, that? so there you go. A little tidbit for you. Wow. So we took that in. It was a beautiful area. Um, just just very, very nice. Great scenery. You could see the mountains and uh, a bunch of different animals running around and all that. Um, we were then in, went to Asheville, North Carolina, which has the most craft breweries per capita, more than any other city in the U.S. So we, we took in some of those. Um, it was fun. Nice, nice city. Very, very cool. Easy to get around and all that. We went to Gatlinburg for a day. Oh, yes. That's I a really Gatlinburg. That's a pretty interesting place. Um, yep. very geared towards families and kids. I mean, they got the Ripley's, believe it or not. They got all, a bunch of other stuff, but it was cool. We were there for a day. We did two tastings they have uh, like some moonshine places so we did two tastings at this place called i believe it's old smoky and sugarland they sell them in grocery stores it was 
it was a pretty good shtick. We had a we had a great time. And then uh, once we were done done with that, we made our way back. So it was nine days, a lot of driving, but uh, it was fun. It was very cool. We saw some bears, some black bears. So if you, you need any info on black bears, I'm your guy for that. But just a nice time to relax, have a couple drinks, enjoy ourselves, and it was great. But we did cross over, as I mentioned before. We had a crossover. You you spent some time in Nashville yourself, Mr. I did. I did. We, our company, did the the AV for the Imperial Commissary Collectors Convention. Which God, how many times can you say that in a row? Yeah, right. That is a that's a long name. Yeah, it's a. it's a Star Wars convention, but it's more than just it's it's mainly Star Wars, but they have other things. And so there are um, there's an exhibit hall or a um, you know a sales area. There's a a main stage, which is what we did the AV for, where um, they brought in celebrities from some of the movies, some of the TV shows some behind the scenes things um, to talk about, you know, what it was like to make the movies and things like that. Um, They also had food trucks. They had an area for bands, uh, some video games, uh, a cosplay contest. They had a, a parade. So they had a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, we got to meet, well, I personally got to meet, and I can say that I rank now, I shook hands with the Emperor of the Universe. Oh, my gosh. Ian McDermott was there, and super nice guy, took a picture with me. If you've seen it on Facebook, I met the Emperor of the Universe. Oh, you're done. You dropped the mic. I, I told him as we were standing there getting ready to take the picture, I said, I can't wait to tell my kids that I have taken, I have met the emperor of the universe. So he <laughs> chuckled at that. Uh, but super nice guy, you know, hey, would you please take a picture with this crew member? Oh, absolutely. No problem. Come on. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah, super nice guy. Other people that were there, John Rise Davies, who is Sala in the Indiana Jones yes. movies. He was there. Yes. Uh Vincent D'Onofrio from Daredevil and uh, yep. Law and Order. Uh, Charlie Cox from Daredevil. Um, also on the Return of the Jedi panel, they had the puppeteer who did um, Max Rebo, who is, I believe, the blue guy in yes. Jabba's Palace. And then they had the guy who did the puppeteering for uh, Sly Snoodles, the singer. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were a couple people they had. So there was a guy who did, uh, Darth Vader for rogue one, but anybody who knows anything about rogue one knows that they kind of retooled Darth Vader's portion of the movie towards the end of the shooting. Well, this guy did a bunch of scenes all the scenes got cut from the movie, and he's in the trailer for about two seconds. Oh my under gosh! The, under the mask. Oh wow! He was there. So that interesting. was interesting. Uh, they had the guy there who 
created all the toys, Star Wars toys that Kenner produced. Really? Yeah. He was the one he's, you know, they have the Godfather. He's the toy father. Wow. Yeah. So he was there. That was interesting to hear him talk about, you know, what it was like to, you know, this little toy company. So, you know, there's Mattel and big toy companies like that. Yeah. Nobody wanted this goofy sci-fi movie. So Kenner, who was an unknown toy company at the time, was like, oh, yeah, sure. Well, this was the guy. And by the way, Kenner is in Cincinnati. Um, yes. He was the one that kind of led the charge to the Kenner higher-ups to say, yeah, we can do this. Let's do it. So he talked about that. Um, and then the other one that was interesting, they had the guy who took all the photos of all the action figures that you would see the pictures of on the boxes for the, for the toys. Yes. You know, like uh, the ATAT Walker or the AT-AT Walker. Well, you don't take a picture from the movie. You have a picture of the toy with people in it. And he was the one that would set them out and, you know, where are they going to be and what's the background and get the light right and all that. So um, he's got a book out called the man who shot Skywalker. So <laughs> that's cool. Very yeah. neat. So, Very neat. so uh, saw all that. Uh, they had a cosplay contest. We saw some stormtroopers. We saw some Boba Fett. Uh, they had a bunch of droids that uh, were fully functional. Uh, I met an R two D two. I met a a chopper, which is the droid from the Rebels show. So uh, the 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 most interesting experience of the weekend, however, would be this. So we're setting up in this big room for with all the AV, and there were no chairs set out yet. And then they start. We see some guys wheel in, you know, the big um, container or whatever, you know, the big racks of chairs. And then a few minutes later, about twelve guys in orange T-shirts come in to start setting up the chairs. And they are accompanied by several sheriff's deputies. These were inmates on a work release program, and they were there to set up the chairs. Oh, my. How about that? That's pretty interesting. Yeah. I, I look. One question I have, what a cool experience that must have been. Oh, yeah. What was it like for the people that attended the show? How were they? Because I've been to some Comic-Con shows before. You see some interesting stuff. Was it? People just walking around, or did you see people that were dressed up? Or what did what did you see? Both. You okay. had people who were dressed up. You had people that were just wearing, you know, their favorite Star Wars T-shirt or whatever. I mean, it wasn't just Star Wars. There were Ghostbusters. There were superheroes. There was all kinds of different people. The woman who won the adult cosplay contest dressed up as a cat from the movie cat from the, the show cats. Okay. And a star Wars show, <laughs> a cat won the cons cosplay contest, but, um, good. yeah. So, um, yeah, you had people that were dressed up, you had people that weren't, and there were a lot of interesting, you know, I mean, this is, you've got people there that, um, you know, they have this action figure that's been graded. It's mm. from 1977. And it's worth $900 because of its, you know, it's not creased or whatever. The most expensive thing I saw 
was an unopened vintage Millennium Falcon toy still in the box, unopened from 77 or 78, and it's in a case or whatever, $25,000. Holy cow. 25000 bucks. How about wow. that? That is nuts. So, I know that stuff is is super popular now. Oh, yeah. Other stores that are selling all those different old items or anything like that. $25,000. Yeah. How about that? We saw a uh, one of the prototype Boba Fett's. If you've ever watched the show Pawn Stars, they had one. Yes. There was one at this show that was, you know, in a case and locked up. And, oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. It's wow. You could you could drop some some money real quick. Well, good for you, so, Mr. Klopp. What an yeah. experience you you got. You know, and you are you you will you will admit this. You're kind of a Star Wars buff. You love the oh, Star yeah. Wars movies and all that. So that had to be oh, yeah. really really cool to see a lot of that stuff for you. Obviously, you're working, but in the same token, you probably had a really a big time interest in all that. Absolutely, I got to go over to the exhibit hall a couple times. It was funny. Uh, my one son is a big Commander Cody fan. Commander Cody is from the Clone Wars. He's one of the clone trooper leaders. He's the orange guy. Well, so I thought, well, I'll try to find a Commander Cody figure. And I don't, you know, and they had people that were just selling them as like toys. So you don't have to spend oodles of money. Yeah. I found three Commander Codys. One was signed by the actor and it was 200 bucks. And so I, you know, I don't need that one. Yeah. And the other two were like 30 bucks. And I thought about getting them, but you know, still 30 bucks. My kid's gonna yeah. pull it out of the box, play with it, and probably lose it in a week. Right. I don't yeah. need to spend 30 bucks on that. So yeah. Um, we got I got some other stuff for them. So, but very interesting. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Ted, I'm impressed with our out and abouts. Usually it's just eating and drinking, but we ventured out of the northeast Ohio area. But once again, we love it. We'll have more, and we appreciate everyone who's been out and about spending money. Ted, we have some good news. A Kentucky man ran out of gas, barely <laughs> making it to the convenient food mart in Corbin. Michael Schlemler said he had 40 bucks on him, so he bought $20 worth of gas and $20 scratch-off lottery ticket. He scratched it off and went back into the store to show to the girls who sold it to him. They couldn't believe it. The ticket was a top prize winner of $1 million. <laughs> that is classic. He plans to get a new car and save the rest of the money. Well, what a time. I mean, you run out of gas and I'm like, oh, crap. I'm going to go here and buy the gas tank, buy some gas, blah, blah, blah. I'll just buy the scratch up $1 million. That's crazy. I, that's yeah. not happening to us anytime soon, is it? No, he's going to yeah. get a new car. I hope he's going to have gas for it, though. Yeah. Well, you got unlimited gas now, probably. If you want. Probably. Ted, that was some good news. The most trusted name in journalism, Klopp's Clips. All right, here we go, Ken. A uh, high school in Maryland. Please react to this just as you did the last time. A high school in Maryland appeared on the uh, real estate uh, website Zillow for a few hours recently. Mead High School listed at $42,069. Not sure why they picked that 
particular value, but the school leaders said that it was part of a senior prank. The description on the website called the school a half-working jail. <laughs> the listing also said that all 15 bathrooms come with sewage issues, but noted that there's a nice spacious kitchen, dining room, and private basketball court. That is absolutely classic. That's, that's a good, I, I will say right now, I think if you're going to do a senior prank, that's the way to go. you got to do it virtual so everybody can see it. That, that's, yeah. that's well done. That's well done. A high school graduation in suburban Chicago drew attention for a very unique reason. It included 12 sets of twins and one set of triplets. That's 13 sets of multiples at Vernon Hills High School, and that represented about 8% of the graduating class. Say that again. 12, How many sets? Twin, 12 twins and one set of twip, uh, uh, twiplets. triplets. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That is, Jeez. what, 20, 27 kids were part of the, uh, part of that. That's nuts. Wow. Deputies in Indiana discovered an arrestee had a pair of scissors <clears throat> up his backside. Oh, boy. The discovery came during a required body scan as the suspect was being booked for jail. The man initially refused the body scan. Eventually, he agreed, and officers saw a metal object. They sent the guy for an additional search. The man resisted the search, so they did a second body scan. In those images, the officers saw the object, and uh, the object had moved, allowing the officer to identify the object as scissors. The scissors were removed without incident. Well, Ted, you know the old adage, and he followed it. You don't run with scissors. Put them you up your backside? No. Okay. What you're doing there, but okay. Okay. State of Georgia posted a reminder on Facebook for anybody using the state's new digital driver's license uh, licenses and IDs. The post said, quote, Attention, lovely people of the digital era. Please take pictures with your clothes on when submitting them for your digital driver's license or ID. Let's raise our virtual glasses and toast to the future. Cheers to technology and keeping things classy. No word if the reminder was prompted by residents who did not follow those guidelines. But I think we can probably all draw our own conclusions. So you can take your own picture through your computer. Yeah. And people have opted to take these pictures nude. Yeah, I That's guess. I don't, what, what else would it be? Maybe you'd submit a picture of your backside. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That is too much. Yeah. A doctor in Germany has been fired from a hospital there. The doctor apparently decided to go ahead with a toe amputation, even though a qualified assistant was not available. The patient had received local anesthetic. Uh, but then he became restless during the procedure, so the doctor turned to a nearby cleaner to hold the guy's leg and pass some surgical instruments. The, the cleaning guy had no medical experience. The situation was discovered when a hospital manager spotted the cleaning guy in the operating room with bloody gauze pads in his hands. I have a question. Go ahead. 
what's the cleaning guy doing in the operating room to begin with? <laughs> that is, there are so many questions. Hey, Bob, I know you're done mopping up. Can you come <laughs> up here and assist me as I cut this toe off? Hey, hey, you missed a spot. Oh, my gosh. Luckily, I have no plans to go to Germany anytime soon. And God knows if I were injured or needed medical attention, I would just stay in my hotel. That's that's what it sounds like to me. What do you think the odds are that they uh, amputated the correct toe? <laughs> about 50% is okay. where I'm at. That's my right. All right. Sports, here are some scores. 9-8, 4-2, and 6-3. I'm Ted Klopp. That's news to me. Oh, no, not a dad joke. What did the duck say when it bought Chapstick? Hmm, I don't know. Put it on my bill. That joke was horrible. Coming to the end of episode 115. I feel like this is deja vu, but nonetheless. Still the same. Yeah. We, uh, we're getting there. And, uh, and by the way, did I mention to you that the young lady was a young lady who won the cosplay contest at the, yeah. at the convention I was at? Her name, her first name was Eowyn. Come on. Seriously? Yeah. It might be the only other A1 I know besides the one I'm married to and then the yeah. one from the Lord of the Rings. Well, so now there's three. So the Catwoman cat is A1 is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, that's, that's correct. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that there is not another A1 Dwarznik on the planet. No, I think you're right on that. The poor lady. Hey, you know. Could be worse. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot of, lot, well, <laughs> could be one of those real ski names, you know that. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Roploshetsky or one of that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's crazy. I, I am, I am actually a little bit stunned on that. I did not, I did not, uh, obviously there's other aliens in the world, but that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. That got my attention. The last name was not Dvorak on on her. Right. I was just gonna say, did she like split herself in half and go on the trip with me? Well, I actually weren't far from Nashville, so she could have did that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ted, around that time now, the children are now out of school. My kids are out of school. I think yours are out of school. What this week, correct? Uh yeah, Friday. Okay. After two half days. <clears throat> oh, two half yeah. days. There we go. What will the children be doing early part of the summer? What what do we, we have for events? We have baseball. Baseball. Hard baseball on time. Yep. Baseball. Uh, lots of baseball. A uh, game or two a week for each of them and a practice once a week. And that'll end in uh, early July. And then uh, late July, it all... It all starts again. We'll have <laughs> hockey camp. We'll have football practice. And there you go. Everyone's doing the same stuff in the fall that they did. Are we all going to do hockey and all that? Well, they'll all do hockey. Uh, the middle child is now old enough to play tackle football. Oh, okay. So he will do that. And the youngest kid wants to play soccer this year. So he'll do that. And is Fritz playing football? Yeah. Back at it. Sure is. Very good. I don't know how that's going to uh, 
We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. That's good, though. Try yeah. it again. I love it. Yeah, my I wife's thrilled. I bet she is. <laughs> oh, yeah. She loves the football. Yeah. She was, oh. it was interesting. She was, uh, um, she was a little concerned because two of them are goalies and the third one is uh, interested in possibly being a goalie. Yeah. And then we went to a, so it goes mites, squirts, peewees, bantams, bantams being the oldest. Yes. And it's not until you get to the bantam level that they're really allowed to check. Right. But we went to a bantam game this year and those kids hit each other. And I thought she was going to have a heart attack. And I said, are you still worried about them being goalies? She said, no, no, no. Goalie's good. Goalie's good. We can be yes. goalies. That's all we want. Yes. Yeah. You oh, don't yeah. get that as much action. Obviously you're taking hard pucks and all that stuff, but you're not, nope. you're not getting checked. Yeah. That's for right. Sure. Oh, that's cool. Well, Mr. Klopp, thank you for all your work on this podcast. Appreciate our only guest. <laughs> Dusty Sloan telling us about the longest game in Cleveland Indians Guardians history, 21 innings that took two days. By the way, I wanted to ask you a question. Yeah. Will we ever have another guest on this show? I, I only if somebody agrees to come on. I don't know. We've tried. Yeah, we've we've reached out to some folks. We've had some great guests. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's maybe it's a time of year. People have a lot of stuff going on. So that's a little bit understanding, but. We'll see. We'll keep uh, yeah. we'll keep pumping along. And we'll keep trying to to get some people on there. But uh, special thanks to Dusty, Ted. Thanks for your help and for the listeners for taking the time to be with us. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget we're just two middle aged men in Cleveland. Two middle aged men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV, custom audio visual packages for all occasions.